0: Happy Friday, everyone. I am Steph Lee, the founder of Host Agency Reviews. And I have my co-host on today, Maureen Borsi again. Hello, Maureen. Hello. Maureen was kind enough to take over for me last week when I'm sick and I'm I'm actually still recovering. But if you are watching this in video, I am actually dressed up like a professional. Um, so that's pretty amazing because I had to do a professional video earlier today. So I'm wearing like a suit jacket. It's kind of crazy, kind of <laughs> crazy, a very rare um, thing to see. Well, let's see. So thank you for joining us, everyone, and happy Friday. Um, I'm going to take the first question. So we got a question in from Derek, and Derek's is two parts. So I'm going to cover the first one, um, and we'll have Maureen jump in on the second, but. Derek says, I'm relatively new to the travel industry, about three years at this point. I started working as a tour guide at the same time as I started doing educational classes through travel leaders and Nexion to become an independent agent. I'm very excited about all of it. Yay. But I am still very much finding my place in the industry. Not entirely sure what it is I want to do and what every job entails and where I fit. Um, Hello, life dilemmas. (laughs) That's great, Derek. Um, But all joking aside, I know that this is something I'll figure out with time and experience and just talking to other professionals about what they do. But I'm a curious person and like to dig in on subjects. So my big question is twofold. The first one is what are the best conferences and conventions for travel agents to network and seek out opportunities? uh, what are the best conferences and conventions for the travel industry in general for education, networking, and seeking out new opportunities? Oh, sorry, that was a repeat. To be completely frank, I'm still figuring it out if being an independent agent with a host agency is the right fit for me, or if I would like to work with an agency that has a team or perhaps a larger company tour operator. So the more exposure I have to all types of companies and fellow travel professionals, the better I think it'll be. Yeah, Derek, completely agree. Um, the, the more types... The more sides of the business you can see, not only for finding your place in it, but it'll help you uh, no matter if you end up as a travel advisor or if you end up at a tour operator, being able to have connections and understanding the bigger picture and how these pieces fit together is really, really helpful. I'm also a very curious person, so I'm always asking questions and, and learning about things and it has come in very helpful for me, I can say. So I guess for your question on what specific events would be the best conferences for you, I would say go to a multitude of them. So um, like your host and your consortium conferences are one type of conferences to go to um, and sign up for any of those. Those are going to be more... Um, The one thing I'll say about those is they're going to be more targeted for the agents within their network. So it's only going to have preferred suppliers there. Um, It may or may not have wider things like IATA or ARC may not be there. So I would also encourage you to go to non-host and non-consortia events. So things like Travel Weekly's, you know, holds different events. They hold GTM. They hold Cruise World, um, CLIA's Cruise 360. Whether or not you're interested in cruises, it's good to go there and kind of check it out. I remember that was where I went on my first ship inspection was a cruise 360. So checking out any of those. And I would say um, there's there's a lot of networking to be had. Like expect to be really tired by the end of it. Going up and asking people's questions. Um, if there's one-on-one meetings with suppliers, that's a great place to make connections and learn about all sorts of different things. You can ask them about what their job is. Uh, I'm sure they'll actually, maybe Maureen, you can chime in on this, but would it be refreshing for you because those one-on-one meetings, it's like every 10 minutes you have a new agent and you're saying the same thing. What if someone asked you when you were working at a tour operator, instead of asking about the product and having to give a spiel, they were like, what do you do for your job? How would you like that?
1: Yeah. No, that would have been a great question. Um, yeah. I mean, taking advantage of those one-on-one appointments, really important. And not all conferences have, or you have like within the trade show, a booth appointment. Mm-hmm. I know like cruise world does do that. Um, and that they are a little difficult. I will, you know, just so you know, it is hard to have a, a good conversation with somebody when you really have five to 10 minutes and then the next person's waiting for you. So definitely make sure that you get the salesperson's business mm-hmm. card that is in the booth and follow up with them. Now, they may not technically be your, your salesperson for your territory, but they'll put you in contact with the right person. Um, and then it's a great way to build a relationship and be able to get all your your questions answered because you're not going to get it all done while you were there, there are just too many suppliers to visit, uh, you know, when you are at a conference.
0: Yeah. And, and we actually have a great article, Derek, we're going to put in the comments, um, and in the description for you about how to make your next travel conference count. And that, um, Mary wrote up, it's got great tips for how to plan in advance and to make the most out of the conference. Cause they go by really quickly. And that's like golden time when you're, you're building connections. The other one i would say um definitely to check out too is asta asta um just being kind of the national lobbying organization for travel advisors brings all sorts of different people within there: big vendors small vendors associations training places um so every i don't think there's a specific one i would recommend for you i would say what i did when i first started out in the industry was i just hit up as many as i could um and that's like each kind of has its own flavor, uh, but it's it's kind of it's kind of like just waiting to be explored. So I would encourage you to do that, especially if there's things that are close by to you. and then um i I would also recommend not just networking at these events, but um within if you're belonging to Nexion within their like Nexion town, I think it is. I would go ahead and make sure to network with other agents in there because I'm you know, I've been in the industry for fifteen plus years. And I'm still finding agents with the coolest niches. I'm like, really? I didn't know that existed. That's so neat. <laughs> so I would, I would make sure to talk with other advisors and read up in there. Do you have any other thoughts on that, Maureen? Yeah, absolutely.
1: Utilize the internets that the, your host does have. Um, it's such a great way to find if there's something specifically that you want to focus on, you can reach out and you're going to have multiple agents that are going to respond back to you and give you feedback. And they're going to, you know, if there's a supplier that you're thinking of working with, they, even at that level, they're going to give you an idea of, Hey, this is great supplier or no, Hey, why don't you try this one? This would be a better fit. So great way to also network within your network in all honesty.
0: Yeah, and let me um I'm just going to pull up on our site too. We of course have our events calendar which is really helpful. So I'm just going to share my screen really quickly and show you. So if you're on the homepage, all you have to do is there's a drop down that says I'm looking for a and it defaults to host agency, but drop it down to travel events and that'll take you to our travel calendar. Know that above there's the featured events, but below that there's a whole bunch of other events. So you can check things out within there like if you're looking for something that Say um, you wanna make sure it has a ship inspection under the category, you can go to ship inspection, see what's coming up. Um, You can see past events, so you could see all the places where typically have ship inspections that are out there. Um, So that's something to check out. And then we'll also link to um, our education article where it'll talk about host agency and consortia education options too, in addition to the events. So um, yeah, so, Let's see. Um, Oh, here. No, there's another part of your question, too. You had a lot of questions, Derek, within there. Yours is like a five for one. (laughs) So um, let's see. Your other question, um, you're kind of talking about deciding whether to become a hosted advisor, an independent advisor, or an employee of an agency. And if... Um, we do have some reports on that. I'm going to, well, I'm already sharing my screen. So um, I'm just going to go to the blog and under the blog, if you go under tags, there's um, our travel agent surveys. And just to give you a better feel for the differences, um, kind of an in income and different things that come with being an employee versus hosted versus independent, um, you can take a look at our hosted travel agent report. Um our travel agent employee report, the independent travel agent report. Um, and then there's also a new travel agent report, which um, is for people, I think it's three years and under of experience. Um, it's either three or two, I can't remember off the top of my head, but that should give you a lot of information too, to kind of, if if monetary concerns are an issue, that should give you kind of a more detailed nuances about the uh, income you can expect. And let's see. Um, yeah, going going along with that, the one thing I would also mention is, um, you know, if you it sounds like you already started up your agency, um, but the seven day setup group we always talk about it on here, but that's a great um, resource for you if you are like not fully set up and getting ready. So, Maureen, do you want to take question two? Sure. So or Derek, this question five actually <laughs> is, is what it is.
1: <laughs> right. So. Question 5. What are some <laughs> of your favorite resources on different jobs in the tra- different jobs in the tra- travel industry? I feel this is not only great if you're looking at prospects but as an agent it is great to know this information so that we can know who we are talking to, what they do and emphasize with their job du- their job duties. So there are so many different paths that you can honestly take within the travel industry. And it really comes down to you figuring out what interests you the most. So you might right now be starting off that, you know, working as an independent agent selling travel, and then you might decide, you know what, that's not quite the right fit for me. So you might decide, you know what, maybe I'm going to go back. And you had mentioned that you had some experience as being a tour guide so maybe you're going to go back to being a tour guide or maybe you're interested in working at the supplier level whether it's a tour operator a cruise line fit or trains i mean there's many options there as well so some ideas for you um, so i came from a background of a major tour operator and there are so many tour operators within the united states And most of the big tour operators are located here and then they have uh, offices overseas. So I think, with your background as a tour guide, that might be a really good place to start. Is, you know, if that is still something that interests you, is maybe reaching out to one of the tour operators to find out because now they're probably looking at bringing back tour guides and. Um, tour directors on and also for their river cruise lines they are probably looking at bringing some on so I would maybe reach out start networking with the tour operators and also river cruise because that is another area that you know you can also be a tour guide for them as well um, and let's see here And this also helps you get your foot in the door and i just think your past experience that might be one area you would want to consider going Um, i think also with your background have you considered possibly if you are going to be an independent agent maybe doing group travel this really would be a good fit for you um, especially as being a guide because you understand the needs of the group dynamic and it also allows you to be able to escort the group if that's what you choose to do, and you know so many of the independent agents do specialize in group travel. Um, it, it you know they get a lot of repeat group business. And most of them do groups, some are every year, some are every other year that they host major groups, you know, 20, 30, 50 people every single year, multiple times throughout the year. Um, And this gives you a great connection with your suppliers as well, because all of them have really good group policies And it gives you an opportunity, too, if you did decide that you wanted to, you know, be the group leader and you can kind of go along and help escort the group. Now, you would not be the tour guide for the group, but you would escort the group along with the tour guide. Uh, So that might be something to to consider for the future as well. Um, And also, you know, as we had mentioned earlier, is really networking with the agents within your host agency and even with your consortium. You're, you know, if you've just reached out on your internet with Nextion Town just asking, how did you get started in group travel? Do you recommend it? You'd be surprised how many are going to respond back to you and give you a lot of really great feedback. I know that there are two or three really outstanding group producers with Nexion that really would be good resources for you that can tell you how they got into it. Um, I know that there was one that she, it was just kind of a, Uh, She had a group that came to her that wanted to go to a special event in Ireland and it turned into, I mean, her business basically every year went from 10 people to she's hosting over 100 people every single year going to Ireland every single year. So definitely reach out to Town and to the agents there and just to see, you know what ideas they have and getting you started if the group travel is something that interests you as well Um, also we're going to include some links in the comments for you on how to build your work community network also there's a great article on from the industry veterans like things that Mm -hmm. they wish they had known when they got started Um, So definitely take a look at that. And then also how to choose a preferred supplier, because that is very important. And certainly look at the list that both your host and your consortium um, do provide, because they really suppliers. Uh, So take a look at that. And then you're also going to want to narrow down and choose a travel niche. And, you know, once you do that, that really helps you focus on what it is you want to specialize in. So we're going to include an article as well on choosing a travel niche.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that can definitely apply. It, it you know It's specific for finding your niche on you're gonna, what you're going to be selling, but you could use it too for like what area of interest you'd have within the travel industry. But um, yeah. I think our, our big advice to you would definitely be just network and network at those events and talk to as many people as you can. And um, even if you're not completely... <laughs> I always am going up to people at conferences where I am at their booth and I don't quite understand what they do. I'm like, can you explain what you do? And some of them, I still don't know what they do, but (laughs) I certainly try to understand there's yeah. The virtual credit cards always like really confuses me and blows my mind. Um, But I keep trying one of these days, someone's going to be able to explain it to me. So.
1: (laughs) Right. And you know, those at those conferences, there are hundreds of suppliers there. From every Mm -hmm. walk of life. So there is everything you could possibly imagine. So, I mean, you're going to have to kind of pick and choose and narrow down pretty quickly because there are so many suppliers, it would just be really overwhelming. Um, But you're going to know the minute you go into somebody's booth, you're really going to know right away whether or not it's a good fit for you.
0: Yeah. And sometimes, Derek, when they're not looking at you and not making eye contact with you, um, (laughs) yeah, skip that booth. Don't be like me and be like, why are they not like... I wanna, I wanna (laughs) talk to them. Why aren't they looking at me? This is their job. (laughs) It's a waste of time. Don't bother. Uh, So true. Yeah, so let's see. Um, Let's have you take the last one to Maureen. We'll go from there.
1: Okay, perfect. So our next question is from April Overstreet. Hi Steph, what is the most important thing to be focused on right now to prepare for the demand in leisure travel? Mm. So that is a really good question. And kind of a real question, Um, but you know what? I can guarantee you that there are so many other agents wondering the same thing out there. So, you know, leisure demand travel is very strong right now. As everybody being pent up, they're ready to go travel again. You know, where we're seeing the biggest demand for leisure travel is certainly it's with the all-inclusive resorts, the sun and fun destinations, and mostly trips, really U.S. and Mexico and the Caribbean. And, you know, Canada is just starting to open up, so there's going to be some interest there. Overseas travel is definitely a little bit harder um, because many of the suppliers have not been able to fully open up. They're just operating small amounts of cruises, river cruises, tours, that type of thing. Um, so just keep in mind that the larger destinations, Europe, the South Pacific, South America, and Africa, they are slower to return, you know, but... You know, in the next year or two, I mean, by 2022, 2023, the demand for leisure travel is going to be so much higher than it was. I mean, it's going to be, in all honesty, I think it's going to really surpass what the levels were in 2019 before yeah. the pandemic. I mean, you're you're really going to see that people are going to want to venture out. They're going to want to go to these destinations that have always been bucket list items. So...
0: It, a and, pandemic makes people think differently. There's something like, I've been stuck does. at home and like, I'm going to spend money and go on my bucket list destination because who knows when a pandemic's going to happen.
1: Exactly. So it's like, it's going to be one of those mindsets of, you know what, now's the time I need to go to Africa. Mm-hmm. I need to get to Montepichu, whatever it might be. You're absolutely right. People are going to want to go to those and definitely probably to those further destinations. And yep. not the, the typical because you know, yeah, everybody, you know, Italy, Spain, the UK, those are always top selling destinations, but I think that there's gonna be a higher demand for some of the more exotic destinations in all honesty.
0: Mm-hmm. So I, I agree. And and one thing too that I've heard from like consortia and oh man, this happens every time. <laughs> Always have my alarm going off um, from consortia and from host agencies, is a lot of them, if not all of them, are seeing numbers that surpass 2018 when you compare or 2019, when you compare year to date. So I like, um, yeah, it's more than just a gut feeling that Maureen and I are giving you here. It's actually like happening on the books too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I, I would just there's a couple things I would keep in mind. Um Especially with the suppliers starting to open up more of their operations, first and foremost, you just have to be really proactive. And I think anything we learned from the pandemic is you need to be on top of what is going on. You know, especially with your clients. Say they booked a a tour. Just make sure that you are. Fully aware of what the policies are with the supplier that you are working with. Um, I would check their websites daily because, in you know, all honesty, their stuff is probably still changing just because things are still changing with the pandemic. So just keep up on their policies. They're going to post any new updates that they have on there. Um, also, you know, a lot of the suppliers do send updates up-to-date policies to the consortiums and then they do put them on their internets as well and a few of the hosts might do that as well so just make sure that all the yeah all the different resources that you have out there and just kind of staying up on it Mm -hmm. i know it's a lot of work in the end it is going to pay off for you if, if you are in the know then not being so and just you know remember that the policies they are changing frequently so just you know, as long as your clients can be understanding and be a little bit patient, um, but as long as you just stay up on them, that's that is the best piece of advice I could give you. Also, stay in contact with your supplier sales team, sales team, because that's that's a really important relationship as well. And you know, if you have questions, reach out to them because they. This is the perfect time now because they do have more time for them to be focusing on you, and to give you that attention and to answer those questions. Because trust me, at this point, they know their policies inside and out. Um, you know the customer service team; they will too, as well. So just make sure you're you're in the where you know in the know on all of that stuff. And then for any of you that do have um, letters of credit for future travel. I know many, many clients decided that they didn't want the refund. And they chose to do the letter of credit because it gave them the opportunity to travel all the way through 2024. So just make sure that you are fully aware of the terms of the letter of credit, you know, the rebooking process, and also if there's any travel restrictions or when they do have to actually use the letter of credit. Um, you know buy and some suppliers do do it that you your client if they choose they're not going to travel they can actually transfer the letter of credit to somebody else um, that they know so just make sure that you check on all of that and then i would highly recommend that you know once your trip is booked and it's getting close and you are getting your documents make sure that your clients read through the documents and you you as well just to avoid any headaches um, before and during your client's travel if there's something that has changed between when you first saw a policy and now it's kind of slightly different. So um, uh, just a piece of advice: just make sure you read through your documents. And then, you know, the one thing that you could do is, you know, the travel trade magazines have tons of articles every single day. And as I mentioned, with the policies changing, you're now starting to see where river cruises, You know, certain lines are now you have to be fully vaccinated or you cannot travel with them. So just making sure that you do check out some of the trade magazines like Travel Weekly or Travel Market Report or even Travel Pulse. um, That will give you a good idea of things that are going on in the industry. Just one more piece of information out there to kind of keep you in the know. So um, so I think, you know, just you know, at the end of the day, just remember the situation is still very fluid. And just to stay in touch with your clients and your suppliers, um, that will help you at the end of the day. So, and we're going to put some links in the comments as well for both uh, travel weekly, travel market report, and also travel Pulse, so that you can stay up to, um, up to date to, on all the industry news that is currently going on.
0: Yeah, and another good one too um, on the business. Well, this is like on the business side of things, but ASTA's um Travel Advisor Daily, I think it is called, okay. is another one, good one because that, um, like, that's how I learned the employee retention credit um, was the thir- the fourth quarter was being taken off um, as part of the infrastructure bill. So that's another great resource out there. Yeah, absolutely. Well, every, well, we went over this time. We're, we're still, we're smoothing things over, you guys. We're, we're transitioning into. Maureen and I doing the Friday 15. So um, (laughs) thanks for sticking with us for over 15 minutes. But um, we will be back next Friday at 12 p.m. Central Time. And if you have questions that you'd like to submit, we would love to hear them and answer them. You can submit them at hostagencyreviews.com slash Friday 15. And again, we will see you next Friday. If you are watching this on video, go ahead and give it a like. If you're listening to it, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Thanks, everybody. Bye.